0: You're listening to a sermon preached at Chael English Ministry in Sydney. We believe that God speaks through His Word, the Bible. We pray that as you listen, you will hear God's voice and be moved to worship His Son, the risen Lord Jesus Christ. It's been a joy speaking with you over these last three weeks on the theme of faith and hope and today love. And really the goal was for us to reacquaint ourselves with uh, what the Bible means when the Bible talks about faith. What the Bible means when the Bible talks about hope. And today, uh, what the Bible means when we talk about love. Because often uh, these words get distorted. They, they sort of get changed uh, in, in the culture of how that, la- how that word gets used. Uh, and sometimes those shifts can be subtle. Subtle. Uh, You might be aware of some of these following um, things that I'm going to read out. Uh, There was like a survey of some kids aged four to eight, and uh, they were asked to define love. These are some of their responses. Love is when my mummy makes coffee for my daddy, and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure the taste is okay. These kids are pretty good. Love is when you kiss all the time. Then, when you get tired of kissing, you still want to be together and you talk more. My mummy and daddy are like that. They look gross when they kiss. Uh, They get good. This is love. Is what's in the room when? Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas. If you stop opening presents and listen. Wow. And then this one. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Oh. <laughs> this is my favorite. Love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of the chicken. Yeah, I used to argue with my mom too. Why can't I have that piece? And she's like, no. <laughs> Love is when mommy sees daddy on the toilet and she doesn't think it's gross. (laughs) Um, It's a very popular chapter in terms of it's often uh, a favorite at weddings because obviously two people are committing themselves in love. But for those of you who are familiar with the letter to the church in Corinth, that I'm going to tell all of us today, this chapter is not about a love between a man and a woman. That's not the reason Paul wrote this at all. Paul wrote this because there are some massive issues going on in Corinth. Issues to do with uh, who is following which apostle, who has a greater lineage to Jesus. They've got issues of abusing the freedom we have in Christ. That's something that all of us can struggle with because we know that through Christ our our sins are dealt with. We have found freedom in Christ, but then sometimes we can err into abusing that freedom in Christ by using that freedom for, for for the flesh or for sin, And another issue in this church was to do with this connection that people were making between a spiritual gift and perhaps spiritual maturity. And that's something that we do today as well. Sometimes without realizing, what we do is we equate spiritual gift with spiritual maturity. And one of the things that God has done so that we can all remain are humble and consider the other person better than ourselves is to show us that spiritual gifts don't equal spiritual maturity. In this chapter, before we get to the last part of chapter 12 says, and now I will show you a more excellent way, and it's the way of love. Now, in the church, as well as perhaps in the culture, there were things that were upheld as highly esteemed, highly valuable things. Now, today we have some of those things too, and we're going to see uh, a bit of an overlap. But today, for example, we value, you know, intelligence, athleticism, like we, we our sports stars, you know, go Tigers, off the planet, you <laughs> know, Two for two. Go, go, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, we value beauty. We, we we value certain things, and there are some things that perhaps was important then that are not as important today because of how things have changed. So one of the things that was really important was was eloquence. If I speak in the tongues of men, it's, it's not just an ability to speak different languages, but to speak in great, great language, in greatness. Or in fact, whatever they thought of as tongues of angels, whether theoretically or not, the argument's there. But Paul says, if I do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong, just a noisy symbol. So eloquence and language was seen as important. Another one was obviously knowledge. We still value that today. Knowledge to fathom the mysteries. You know, someone in our world was smart enough. Some some group of people were smart enough to, to figure out the genomic sequence of this thing that they called the COVID thing. And they, you know... We, were, we, are, we continue to amaze at what we can do in faith. Don't we, don't we marvel when people just have the ability to believe and continue to have conviction? And we all value charity, sacrifice. These are great things. Paul says, even if, even if, even if, but if I do not have love, I am nothing, I gain nothing. Sometimes we err on the other way. We we lean towards the emotions more than perhaps the actions here. So perhaps for our modern society, these things are not as profound or hard-hitting to us because we understand love in such an emotional and committed way. But emotions alone, that's not love either. Commitment is not because you say you're committed. Commitment is actually expressed in your commitment, isn't it? And so from verse 4, we see this list of what love, how love acts, and how love doesn't act, but we come down and the point that Paul makes is that what we experience now is partial, is partial. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, What is in part, disappears. For now we only see a reflection, like in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall fully know, even as I am fully known. It boggles the mind to think that What we know of God and what we know of his love is partial. And yet there will be a time that I can fully know. Like we say God fully knows me. God fully knows us because he's God. We know partially. God knows fully. But then I shall fully know. That just seems amazing. In our modern society, we have placed a special status in, I guess, what we call romantic love, right? And yes, it is, a, it is a special kind of relationship. And those of you who are in marriage right now, you know, you can look to your spouse and go, we are, thank you. I thank God for you. Special relationship, woo-hoo. Okay? And those of you who are looking toward marriage, God bless you. Go for it. Do it. It's a blessing. But the problem is we have made that relationship the epitome of the human experience of love. And we, even as Christians, that messaging continues to get through, doesn't it? And so sometimes we can feel lonely or incomplete even though God loves me or I love God and you feel that and you can proclaim that there's sometimes you allow yourself to feel that there's something missing until you find that person right sometimes when i meet with people who have you know same sex attraction You know, one of the things they will say is, why would God want me to miss out on this important aspect of of human experience? You know, why do they get to enjoy it? Why would I why do I miss out on that because of the way that I am? These aren't easy questions and they're not easy answers. But what we see in scripture is again and again, the place of a romantic love or marriage, as important and distinct as it is, it is not the ultimate human experience of love. Because the ultimate experience of human love is foreshadowed by marriage. Right? Paul says it's calls it a mystery in Ephesians, right? It's actually marriage and romantic love is pointing to the ultimate relationship, love relationship, that is Jesus and his church. So if you are a Christian, here's my question. Because it's not, you know, I hope it is for you guys here at Chemistry, but usually in most churches, churches, it's not the case that every moment at every day that you're together, it's glorious. But there are these... Moments of great epiphany or great realisation. You might be sitting around just laughing and talking and, you know, you're eating. And you're with your church brothers and sisters. And there's that, there's that moment of, of, of peace and appreciation of just what it is right now. I am in community with these people and we are all children of God. And you feel this love for them. You know that they love you. And you understand how you're connected to God. And that's a beautiful thing. Because even when that is so special, like you might be like, this is so good. I hope that that's something that you can relate to. Because not everyone relates to that. Sometimes it's hard. You're going to church every week, but you feel like you're on the outside sometimes. You feel like, I'm not quite in there. It's complicated because church is still full of messed up people, right? But for those of you who have been lucky enough to taste that, remember this, that's a partial experience. That amazing fellowship that you have with one another as you worship together, as you pray together, as you eat together, you go, you go on missions together, you go, this is so great. It's a partial experience. Because one day, we shall fully know as we are fully known. Now, for those of you who haven't quite tasted that, it may be because you're still thinking about the gospel, you're, you, you're, you're wrestling with, the, with, with what Jesus is asking you to respond to, or maybe you are a Christian, but you're failing to make those connections in community as well. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Because when you're faced between the reality that you think you're experiencing and the reality that the scriptures are saying which one will win which one wins out in your in your belief system because there's sometimes a tension there between what you are feeling and what you see scripture saying and god is gracious but his church on earth is not not perfect So may you prayerfully and patiently continue on and may you be the one who uh, takes those extra steps to love and to commit yourself to this community. For those of you who are feeling lonely, you want to meet that person. You want to be in a great relationship. You want to get married. Let me say this to you guys. If Jesus is not your love, right? If, if, if the love of Christ has not uh, become the truest treasure for you, then your hopes to be fulfilled in that marriage will disappoint you. But if you can enter into those relationships with a great connection to Jesus, your love, then it allows you to enter that relationship and serve that person and love that person. And that is the foundation that can build your marriage. So when I did a, when I did a wedding a couple of weeks ago, I got the husband, the, the groom, and the bride to say to one another, you are my second love. That's what, and, and they said it so loudly. <laughs> you are my second love. That they shouted to each other. But it's true. It's true, isn't it? You know, You make your spouse your ultimate in life. And that's going to lead to challenges, because we are not supposed to see marriage that way. It's a partnership. It's a way for two people to walk and serve the Lord together. So verse 13 says this. Now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love But the greatest of these is love. These three remain for now. We need faith now. We need hope now. And we need love now. But one day, when we see face to face, faith, Will no longer be necessary. Hope will no longer be necessary. But love will continue. Love is the currency of heaven. So, church, what do we make of this amazing passage that we have seen and looked at today? Jesus, when he gives a new commandment to his disciples, He takes an old commandment and he gives it a fresh look so that they could understand. Because every Israelite, every Jew was already commanded, love your God. Love your God with everything you have. Love him with all your your, your mind, your strength, your soul. Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. And he has shown them his standard and he will show them the ultimate standard because he will go to the cross. And the command that he gives, if we're honest, we are unable to love the way Jesus did. And the quicker we learn that reality, the quicker we are sobered to that truth, the better it is. I am not able to love like Jesus. And so we realize in our own shortcoming why we trust in Jesus and why we are not just we, just, we don't just have him as our saviour. Through him, he makes us new. He makes us a new creation. And as he works in us, he changes us. And as he changes us, we can begin to take after him. And so, the long history of the faith, there are plenty of villains Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of villains in the story of the Christian church in its last 20-odd centuries. People who have dishonored God's name. But there are also those who have remained true to the end as they have known Christ's love and they have lived it out in service to his name. And they've endured humiliation Suffering torture. They have reached out and loved to a capacity that was beyond their own normal self because of Christ. Jesus gives this command, but he also promises his disciples, I will be with you. It's not a command to be obeyed or fulfilled on our own strength. So, first, we realize I cannot love like Jesus. And secondly, we realize in Christ, He gives us that strength to continue to love more than we thought we could. Church, it's the one way that the world knows that you are his disciples one way. That means that everything else, as wonderful as it is, if you don't have love, it's not important. If your pastor can speak sermons that sound like angel sermons, if you have the gift of Knowledge and understanding. If you have lights and sound, that sounds spectacular. If you guys give your tithes and offerings to charity and your church becomes a sacrificial community. But if you do not have love, it's nothing. So, chemistry. Located here on the corner of Concord and Parramatta Road. May you love each other. And may this city know that Jesus is Lord. Amen.